0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Rocky Fritz coming to you from the First Baptist Church in Amboy, Illinois. I encourage you to follow along in your Bible with pen and notebook in hand as we study the scripture verse by verse and word by word. We are currently traveling the Romans road. Gather your things together and turn in your New Testament to Paul's epistle to the Romans. Traveling the Romans road, we continue today in our journey in Romans chapter number 5. Now keep in mind the subject matter of Romans 4 and 5 is God's imputing or depositing into our account the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. In chapter 5, we saw already how God commendeth, or God initiated His love towards us by sending Jesus, who died for the ungodly, or those without God. Picking up today in verse number 9 Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Much more, or better than being justified. The word justified again means just as if I'd never sinned. Better than that, we shall be saved from wrath. The word wrath has with it the idea of God's eternal punishment and condemnation. We're no longer condemned to eternity in hell when we trust Christ as our Savior. Now, in presenting the gospel, Paul's first concern is how we can be declared just before a holy God. His secondary concern is how can we escape the eternal judgment of God in hell. Now, in reality, when we think of the gospel today, we have those things in reverse order. However, both of them are given to us through him or only through Jesus Christ. In verse number 10, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Reconciled to God, or brought together, or united back together. Notice the three different tenses of verbs in verse number 10. When we were enemies... That's the past tense. That's before our salvation. We were at enmity with God. And then the word reconciled. We were reconciled and we are being reconciled. That's used in the past and the present tense, speaking of our salvation. Back when we were saved, when we trusted Christ as our Savior, now that we are saved, we're continually being reconciled or united to God in this present life. And then the future tense, we shall be saved by His life. That's speaking of our resurrection. When we no longer struggle with our sin nature, when we awake in God's righteousness and true holiness, In verse number 11, And not only so, we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And not only so, or even more so, it gets even better than this. We can have joy in God. We can delight or find happiness or fulfillment in life through our relationship with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, it's only in Him and through Him because of what He has done for us on the cross of Calvary, by whom we now received atonement. Again, this is something we can enjoy now. The word atonement means to adjust, it means to change or transfer our sin was imputed unto Christ or put into His account. And His righteousness was then imputed to us. We receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. In verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We see in this verse the origin of death or separation from God, death came into this world by one man, Adam's sin. Now, of course, Eve was in that transgression, and first Timothy chapter number two uh, defines how Eve was deceived, but Adam knew what was happening, and he was responsible for the sin. The Bible says that death was passed to all men. All that was under the domain of Adam died at that moment. Death began. The study of biology, the study of life, shows us that everything around us is in the process of dying. Adam was given domain over the ground, over the Garden of Eden. He was given domain over the plant life of the world. He was given domain over the animal life of the world. And his sin brought death into the world that he knew. His sin was transferred to his entire race, the Adamic race, to all humanity. Now, contrary to evolutionary so-called science, there is only one race, Of humanity and that is Adam's race. Now here's an interesting thing to think of when we think of the death that was brought into the world by Adam's sin. This death became a part of all that was under the domain of Adam, but what about our universe that was not under the domain or control of Adam? When did our universe begin dying or declining? Now, science tells us that everything in our universe is declining or dying. Nothing is evolving, but instead everything that we know is devolving. When did the laws of thermodynamics or entropy begin? When did the magnetic field that accounts for the Earth's gravity begin to decline? When did the energy of the sun and the stars begin to gradually decline? When did the ozone around the earth begin depleting? When did our climate start to change? Were these the results of Adam's fall? Or were these possibly the results of Lucifer's fall from heaven? When Satan was cast out of heaven before he convinced man to sin, Now, Adam was created in the image of God in innocence. He was created without sin. When he sinned, he introduced death into his world. Now, we are not created in the image of God as Adam was. We are procreated in Adam's image as sinners subject to death. We sin because we are sinners by nature. We do not become sinners when we first sin, Psalm 51, David says, I was shapen or woven together or formed in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The Bible teaches that I was not born into this world innocent, as some transferred to our account. The adjustment was made, and the Bible also tells me that I am personally responsible for my sin verse number 13, we read, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. The law was given to us, as defined earlier in the book of Romans, to define sin. Our conscience tells us that we are sinners. The law imputed, or put sin into our account. It accounted for my sin. It showed us what we knew was there already. The law was given for that purpose, to show us our sinfulness. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 says, The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Not only our conscience bears us guilty, But God's law, God's word declares us guilty. In verse number 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that is to come. Death reigned, it conquered or ruled from Adam to Moses. And of course, the law did not come until Moses' lifetime, when God wrote his law down for us. The idea in this verse is also given that I did not participate in Adam's sin. His nature was passed on to me. Adam is a figure, is an image, a picture, a type of him that is to come. Christ is referred to in scripture as the second Adam. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And so it is written, First man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Adam was created innocent. And he sinned, bringing death into this world. The second Adam, or Christ, was born into this world sinless. Just as sin was imputed to us through the first Adam, righteousness is imputed to us through the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Now in verse number 15, But not only as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. Adam gave us our sin nature and made us subject to death. The second Adam, or Christ, gives us our sinless nature, which brought life. Much more the grace of God, the gift of God's grace, by one man. That speaks of the fact that we can only have this grace through the man Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This grace abounded. That word can be defined as superabounded or overflowing. His grace superabounds, his grace supersedes, his grace overseeds the many, to the millions throughout the ages that have come to Jesus Christ for atonement for sin. Just as death was passed on to us through the first Adam, life is passed on to us through. I close today by asking you life's most important question. Have you personally received the gospel, the good news as presented to us in the book of Romans? This book describes in detail God's one and only way of salvation and sanctification. When God works in our lives, He begins a work of transformation. This transformation begins at the moment of salvation and will not be complete until we are living forever in His presence. There's no hope of eternal life in heaven without knowing Jesus Christ. So likewise, there's no life that compares to living daily in the presence of Jesus today. If you have any questions, concerns, or needs, please contact us at fbcamboy.org. I look forward to the next leg of our journey as we travel the Romans Road.